0: You know what was one of the biggest lies I was told as a kid? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Really? Words will never hurt me? I am still in my life dealing with things that were spoken at me as a kid. Things like, you're stupid because I struggled with a specific uh, thing in school or because. I had a difficulty with R's and S's as a kid, still working on that one a little bit, or that I was unathletic or weak because for some reason I wasn't great at baseball, and that was the big sport when I was growing up, where I was growing up, and so I'm still dealing with words that were spoken to me. Yes, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, they hurt much more deeply You see, broken bones, they heal pretty quickly in comparison to the healing of our psyches and our identities. So sticks and stones may break our bones, but words can hurt forever. But why is this? Why can words hurt so much? I think it's because words have incredible power. Words have the power to create. Words have the power to tear down, to destroy, and to judge. It's with words that God created. God said, let there be light, and it was so, Genesis 1-3. And it's with words that God will judge the living and the dead in the last days. Jesus said, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I've spoken will judge him on that last day. For I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What to say and what to speak. John 12, verse 48 and 49. Words have incredible power. Power to create and power to destroy, power to judge. God is no stranger to this fact. And God has given his people certain spiritual gifts in the category of words. And word gifts are what we're going to look at this morning. If you're new with us or you just need a little bit of a refresher, we've been in a series here at Northeast on the spiritual gifts. We've been talking about how God has given his people different spiritual gifts to build up the church, to equip the church for God's mission in the world, that we might join with him. And at the same time, that we might look more and more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're exploring spiritual gifts in three simple categories. Love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts. Love gifts manifest the love, care, and compassion of God. Word gifts reveal the nature, action, and purposes of God. And power gifts demonstrate the power, presence, and reality of God. This morning, we'll be looking at the first half of the category of word gifts that deal with this God-given special ability to reveal God's nature, action, and purpose in the world. We'll look specifically at three word gifts, teaching, pastoring, and leadership. And if you've been around the church at all, well, these are gifts that are showcased quite often, and most people know about them. And why? It's because they're all on stage for us to see every Sunday at our worship services. And it's the gifts that we expect our our pastors to have and our church staffs to have. We expect to see these. But we believe that there is so much more to these gifts than just a Sunday morning or a few staff pastors. There's more, and it's right here you all might have this gift as well. So let's look at them together. If you have a Bible with you or a Bible app, please turn or click to Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. And if you don't have a Bible, um, there are Bibles throughout the sanctuary under the seats. And in those Bibles, it's on page 552. Romans is about two-thirds of the way through the, the Bible after the book of Acts and before First and Second Corinthians. And we'll project the words on the screen as well. If you don't have a Bible and it's here that we've seen in weeks prior that the Apostle Paul is urging the church to seek unity and humility because God has created each of us differently and given each of us different spiritual gifts and we're to recognize our unique giftedness and then work together. So would you look at this text with me as we see Paul point out some of these different gifts Romans 12 starting in verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Paul is listing out this variety of gifts, not giving an exhaustive list here, and we know this because. Well, we're going to have to go to Ephesians 4 to find another one of these gifts that Paul doesn't mention here. And this is not just talent that we're born with or abilities that we've worked hard to gain. No, these spiritual gifts are different. God has chosen by his grace to give each of us, his people, different gifts for his sake, for God's work in the world and in the church So before we get into these three specific gifts that we're going to talk about this morning of teaching, pastoring, and leadership, I want to pause and point out that some people may have the talent to carry an audience or the ability to teach a class and not necessarily have the spiritual gift of teaching. And the same thing can be said about pastoring or leading as well. Just because someone is born with natural talent of leadership and people look to them and follow them doesn't necessarily mean they have the spiritual gift of leadership. And just because someone is really good at walking alongside someone through their life doesn't necessarily mean that they have the spiritual gift of pastoring. So as we define these spiritual gifts, we've, we've worked hard at, at trying to define them in a sharp way so as to help clarify and parse out the, the difference between the spiritual gift of teaching pastoring and leadership from the talent or the ability of teaching, pastoring, and leadership. And ultimately, it isn't good enough to just teach on these matters for us to learn something about spiritual gifts. Because the knowledge of a gift, well, that's quite different from actually opening that gift up and then using that gift. And after all, the passage we just read, well, what does it start with? It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us Let us use them. So may we not just learn about these gifts and figure out which one or ones we have that God has given to us, but may we use them to God's glory and for our and the church's joy as we see God work in us and then through us, through these gifts. The other thing that I want to highlight before getting into the specific word gifts is that the nature of these gifts may not lean communal. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes we view the gifts as being orientated to just large groups. It's those that teach large groups. It's those that lead large group. It's those that pastor large groups. But that's not always the case. Sometimes these gifts are given, and oftentimes these gifts are given to people for one-on-one or one-on-a-few. So just because someone is shy or introverted Or as a fear of speaking in public, you know who you are. If I walked up to you with a mic and asked you to come up on stage, you would bolt out of this building or freeze. But just because you're shy or introverted or you have a fear of being in front of large groups of people doesn't mean that that gift doesn't matter. It doesn't make it any less useful in the church. It doesn't make it any less important. God has gifted people in both ways, and we need both inside the church. And before you go off thinking that I just made this up to make sure that I included everybody in the room, I'd love to point you to the Bible so that we might see it there as well. There's this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, who are mentioned six different times in the New Testament. They're co laborers alongside of Paul and They're seen as having the spiritual gift of teaching throughout the New Testament. And there's two instances that I want to point it out to you in that they weren't gifted to teach the masses. They were gifted to teach the few. One of them comes from Acts chapter 18, where Priscilla and Aquila pull Apollos aside. Now, Apollos was kind of a major teaching figure in the New Testament, And Priscilla and Aquila pull him aside to correct his theology, to teach him. And he's changed by it, and the ministry is enhanced. The second instance is in 2 Timothy 4, and it's also about teaching a small group, where it's highlighted that Priscilla and Aquila, well, they they teach a small group of believers in their house. And so although Priscilla and Aquila are spiritually gifted teachers, It's not to the masses, even though they're co-laborers alongside of Paul, their ministry and their giftedness is just to the few, to the one-on-one with Apollos, or one-on-a-few in their house church. So these gifts really are given to both kinds of people, those that are like the masses and those that are more about the few. All right, enough of my tangent. Back to uh, the topic at hand. The first word gift that we're going to look at is the gift of teaching. As I said earlier, it's important to distinguish the spiritual gift of versus the natural talent or the worked-out ability to teach. So here's the definition that we'll use that I want to explain, and hopefully it can help us clarify the gift and help us know if we have it or not. Now, this definition is not Bible. What I mean by that is we've seen a pattern of this spiritual gift in the text, and then we've worked really hard to try to give us a a nice, clear definition of it. So here's the definition we're gonna use. The spiritual gift of teaching is the special ability to study, explain, and apply scripture to people's lives, resulting in their spiritual growth and obedience. Again, it's the special ability to study, explain, and apply scripture to people's lives, resulting in their spiritual growth and obedience. We see this definition of the spiritual gift of teaching in action through people we know. Like in our true life situations, right? You see Pastor Drew, who's clearly gifted at teaching. For many of you in the youth ministry, you've seen Pastor JP, who also has this gift. And we see it in biblical characters as well. We see it in Peter, Acts chapter two, on the day of Pentecost. You see, Peter is just, common, uneducated man. We know this from Acts chapter 4, verse 13. But on the day of Pentecost, when he's filled with the Holy Spirit alongside the other disciples, he's gifted by the Spirit to teach. And he teaches in a bold way the scriptures. He teaches from Joel, and he teaches from the book of Psalms and he explains and he pl- applies the scripture to the crowd's lives, resulting in their spiritual growth and obedience. The passage says that they were cut to the heart and they ask, What shall we do? asking, How can we be obedient to this teaching that you've just given us? And Peter responds, Repent and be baptized. If you don't know this story, I would encourage you to read it. It's quite phenomenal. Acts chapter 2. And not only is it incredible for the way that it shows us this teaching gift, but it's also incredible just to see the power of the Holy Spirit in action. This kind of teaching, though, can really stand apart from the ability to teach and that the Holy Spirit uses it to produce spiritual growth and obedience to the Lord. And there's joy that accompanies the using of this spiritual gift. Many times, those things just aren't present with the talent or the ability to teach. Also, the spiritual gift is not always done with the grand and the bold of Acts 2. Sometimes it's done on the one-on-one through people like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Where in Acts chapter 8, Philip teaches this man about Jesus and the gospel There is spiritual growth in the Ethiopian's life, and there is obedience in following Jesus. So let's look at that passage together. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 38. Acts is the book just before the book of Romans. And again, if you're using those black chair Bibles, it's on page 534. Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So we see in this example what the spiritual gift of teaching is. It's the special ability to study, explain, and apply scripture to people's lives resulting in their spiritual growth and obedience. Like the Ethiopian being taught by Philip, it results in spiritual growth, giving of his life to Christ, in obedience to Jesus, even to baptism. I would encourage all of us to pray and to, to seek the Holy Spirit, to see if this might be a gift that God has given to you. Is it a gift that he desires to use in you and through you for God's kingdom? If God has given you this gift and you're not currently using it, I would encourage you to stop by the spiritual gifts opportunity wall and and see the different opportunities to use that gift among us because we do need you. And if God has given you this, this gift, let me tell you, please use it humbly. This is one of the few gifts that comes with a warning. And if you do have this gift, I would encourage you to read James chapter three, verse one. And if he hasn't given it to you, well, that warning doesn't apply to you. Unless, of course, you decide to teach. But who around you is spiritually gifted to teach? Do you have somebody around you? Are you sitting underneath their teaching so that your life with Christ might be enhanced and your obedience might be challenged? Because we need these people in our lives. That's why God has given them this gift. The next word gift that we're going to look at is the spiritual gift of pastoring. Now, this is different from the office given to the church or the title given to a church staff person as pastor, Ooh, I got an amen for that one. (laughs) I'm in trouble now. Sometimes pastors are gifted in something else. Sometimes they're gifted evangelists. Sometimes they're gifted exhorters. Sometimes they're gifted leaders. But they have to work really hard to gain the ability to be able to walk alongside people. Now, this can be bad news to some of us. Or it could be good news because we need each other and pastors also need other leaders in the church to fill their gaps. None of us can be all things to all people perfectly. So let's look at the spiritual gift in the Bible and see how we can maybe get a definition of this to clear up some of this for us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 through 20. It's a bit further back in the New Testament after the Corinthian books, Galatians, and before Philippians. Again, if you're using the black chair Bibles, it's on page 568 in those Bibles. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's speaking about gifts. And right after speaking about some of these gifts, he demonstrates his own spiritual gift of pastoring or shepherding of the people. Listen and see these gifts, but also notice how Paul puts his gift on demonstration for us, this spiritual gift of pastoring or shepherding, as it's called here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, and then 11 through 20, starting in verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he let a Host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, to greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But this is not the way you learned Christ. Did you notice how... Paul names some of the spiritual gifts, one of them being shepherding or pastoring. And then he starts speaking about his care and his concern for them. Paul is showing that he feels a responsibility for their spiritual growth and he's trying to to lead them and protect them. And because of how the spiritual gift of pastoring and shepherding is taught in the New Testament, we have come up with this definition for the spiritual gift of pastoring. The spiritual gift of pastoring is the special ability to spiritually concern and care for people and assume responsibility for their spiritual growth by leading, modeling, and protecting them. Again, it's the special ability to spiritually concern and care for people and assume responsibility for their spiritual growth by leading, modeling, and protecting them. You know, in the short time that I've been here, I've seen a few people really shine forth with this spiritual gift. One of them being on staff, and Pastor Brian, he supernaturally just cares and and shows concern for people's spirituality, and he comes alongside of them trying to lead and trying to model and trying to protect people. But the other person that I've seen is somebody that's on the prayer team, and I experienced this firsthand. And Mark Mushrush, if you don't know him, oftentimes he's up here at the end of our service praying with people, and, and he too has this spiritual gift. In my couple of interactions with him, I shared a prayer request with him, and man, he just pastored me through that prayer request, followed up with me, and and continued to share uh, or show care and concern for me, trying to protect me as well spiritually. Um, So, this is one of those spiritual gifts that is one that's highlighted a lot in the church, and it's because it is so needed. We all need it. We all need to be pastored and we all need to be shepherded at times. We all go through things and we need people to come around us and show this kind of care and concern and protect us. The spiritual gift is needed in life groups. The spiritual gift is needed in children's ministries and youth ministries and adult ministries and women's ministries and men's ministries and the prayer ministry. It's pretty much needed in every single corner of the church. So if you have this gift, we need you. This church, this community, we need you. Again, I would encourage you to pray and seek out God in your community to help you determine if this is one of your spiritual gifts. And if it is, please prayerfully consider one of the opportunities on the spiritual gift opportunities wall or come up and talk to one of us. And if you don't have this gift, do you have people in your life that do? People that can pastor you and shepherd you? The last spiritual gift that we will look at this morning is the spiritual gift of leadership. This again is a gift that can easily be confused with the talent of leadership or the acquired skill of leadership, especially in a culture like this one where you have so many military personnel who are just so well trained in leadership. I've been amazed at how many leaders are around this place. I'm like, wow, they're everywhere. Everywhere I look, there's a leader. There's one, there's one, there's one. Just in case I miss somebody, there's others over here. <laughs> they're everywhere, and they're so strong. But it's, it's important to distinguish the difference between the natural talent or the ability of leadership and then the spiritual gift of leadership. Simply put, the difference is this. The mission of God, the people of God, and the purposes of God. If those three things always exist in a person's leadership, that person's spiritually gifted with leadership. And if those things don't always exist or don't exist at all, it probably means that that person either has a talent or an ability in leadership. Now, let me state this. If you have the talent or the ability of leadership, we still need you. There's other projects and things going on that we would love to utilize your amazing talent and ability and leadership in. In light of all of that, the definition that we're going to use for the spiritual gift of leadership is this. The spiritual gift of leadership is the God-given ability to identify and mobilize people to accomplish the purposes of God. It is the God-given ability to identify and mobilize people to accomplish the purposes of God. And we see this spiritual gift in biblical figures all over the Bible from start to finish. In Noah, he had a vision from God and a God-given ability to identify and mobilize his family to build the ark, save humanity and all of the animals that God would bring to him. In Abraham, Abraham had a vision from God to lead his family, his workers, and his nephew to a new land to make a new people. And God carried out this purpose and mission through him. Moses, God gave him a vision to free Israel from Egyptian slavery. And he had the God-given ability to identify and mobilize the people of God to accomplish that vision. And the list could go on and on and on throughout all of the New Testament to the pinnacle of Jesus himself. And Jesus, of course, is not only the greatest example of this, but he's the best teacher of this as well. He teaches in Mark 10 this. Jesus called them to him and he said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Again, this is a spiritual gift that we've experienced firsthand. Pastor Drew is an example of this, being spiritually gifted as the leader that God has given a vision to, to bring Jesus to every home in the northeast corner of San Antonio and the ability to identify and mobilize people to accomplish that God-given vision. Why we're here. But not all pastors have this gift, and not all leaders of ministries have this gift. And that's all right because God has given us the entire body, all of you, the church, to work together towards his plans and purposes for the church and the world. And this is really important because the spiritual gift of leadership just often is not accompanied by the spiritual gift or natural talents to be able to carry out that vision. And if you're a leader, don't forget you need all the people around you to carry out that vision. Because oftentimes, God may give you a vision of the what and a vision of the people, the who, but the how, (laughs) that how usually comes from people gifted in all of the other areas of administration and everything else in order to mobilize those people towards that mission. We need one another. And this gift, in particularly, really highlights that. That said, we need to be careful also to not gift project. That is, we need to be careful to say that if you have a certain position or you hold a certain office in the church, well, then, of course, you have to have this specific spiritual gift. You know, sometimes we just need humble men and women who are surrendered to the Lord to just being willing to be used in different areas of leadership without the spiritual gift of leadership. And that person needs to just humbly work alongside other people who do have that gift, empower them to use that gift for the betterment of all of us. Because this is actually the way God has designed our spiritual gifts to work in tandem, together, working together for the glory of God. Because... The mission of God is way bigger than any one of us, and it takes all of us to see it accomplished. And this is why each of the major Scripture passages that we've talked about with the spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians chapter 4, did you know that every single one of those talks about unity in the body of Christ before it talks about the gifts? because they go hand in hand. For this is the way God has designed it. Different gifts to different people working together to glorify God. Again, I would encourage you to pray and seek God and seek out godly community to see and determine if you have this spiritual gift of leadership. And if you do, again, please use it among us. We need you. Check out the spiritual gifts opportunity wall. There are a lot of opportunities to use the gift of leadership in this place and we want to accomplish the Lord's vision and we need you. In closing, I want to give us an encouragement and a challenge. The encouragement is this. There is a very, very good God behind each of these gifts and he loves you. Do you have a relationship with that God? Because apart from the relationship with God, these gifts, well, they don't mean anything. Apart from a relationship with that God, we can't even really know the gifts. We don't even have the gifts unless we first have that relationship with God and Lord. And I want to remind you that it's for this very reason, for a relationship with you, that God sent his one and only son to die on your behalf, to set you free from sin and death, That he might have a relationship with you. And so, if you don't have that relationship, I would invite you at the end of this service to come up and to pray with one of us. We would love nothing more than to introduce you to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if you do have that relationship, are you cultivating it? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you practicing the spiritual disciplines? Are you using the spiritual gifts that he's given you to his glory? God has grand plans for your life, but it's always attached to relationship with him. Always. May we seek relationship with God and may we live in active obedience to the gifts and the call that he has placed on our life. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God is moving through this series, visit nebc.ch slash Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, or subscribe to our weekly podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope that you join us as we continue to make disciples on mission for Jesus Christ.